We've been walking through this series talking about good news in hard times. Like, like when, when life is tough, finding the good news that God wants to give to us, finding the hope that we need when, when it seems like things are hopeless, finding the joy that we need when it seems like there's nothing but sorrow, finding peace when it seems like there's nothing but turmoil, and knowing that God promises through his word that he will be there every step of the way, even when we are suffering the most. And that's what we've been talking about. In fact, if you spend time studying First Peter, which we have been over these last four weeks, there's a lot of talk in here about suffering. There's a lot of conversation in here about going through those moments, those difficult times where, where the journey is tough and, and where problems are, are like persisting in every situation and every part of life. And so we've been walking through this. Last week we talked about the protection that God provides. That like while the world is out to, to get us, while the world is out to stop us, while we're facing all kinds of conflicts, that God has promised that he will be there and that he will protect us, listen to this, no matter what. And I, that's good news, right? I mean, that, that's awesome that that's who our God is and that's what our God wants to do. But today we want to move forward. And we're going to walk into 1 Peter uh, chapter 4. We're going to start today with verse 7 and we're going to walk all the way through the rest of the book, uh, all the way to chapter 5, verse 14. Even though in your notes it says 13, we're not leaving 14 out. We're going to bring it in just at the end there to make sure we cover the book uh, every single verse. But we talked about God's protection, uh, the promise of protection last week. But today we're going to talk about an interesting concept because we've been talking about good news for hard times. So today what we're going to talk about is that there's good news, but there's also bad news. Right? There's good news and there's bad news. And what's all, you know, which one do you want first, right? Well, today we're going to start with the bad news. Right? Because whenever you're talking from the promise of God's word, you know, it always is going to end in good news, right? There's never been a con conversation, there's never been a, a time where we've talked about the truth of God's word where you end it with bad news, because that doesn't happen, that doesn't exist, it's impossible. So today, there's good news, but then there's bad news. We're going to start with the bad news, and then we're going to end with what? There you go. You guys are paying attention, that's awesome. And so today, here's our first note of bad news, reality number five. Okay, in your notes, reality number five, just simply this. Our suffering, and for those of you who've been gone for a while, uh, and you're just now for the first time being a part of this series, yes, my handwriting is awful, but we've got it on the sides there so you can see it. Uh, our suffering will never end. How's that for good news? Anybody excited? You go home this afternoon, listen, man, what did you learn at church today? Man, I learned something awesome. Man, I'm suffering, and my suffering is never going to end. Let me just tell you something. If that's what you lead with this afternoon, that person will never come to church with you. Because that is not good news, right? That's bad news. But here's what we've got to understand. Yes, life is full of suffering. In fact, let's just bounce over here really quickly, if we could, uh, to Job chapter 14, verse 1. And it tells us this, how frail is humanity, how short is life, how full of trouble. How frail is life, how full of trouble. How short this journey, but man, overloaded with problems. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like the life that I'm in, right? Does that sound like your life too? Does that sound like the journey you've been walking? Like it seems like, listen, I'm 52, and I got to be honest with you, when I was like 12, it seemed like I would never get to 13, right? I mean, like when I was 12, I'm like, I'm 12 and a quarter, right? 
And then like, I'm 12 and a half, man. And, and it seemed like it would go forever and ever and ever. It seemed like it would take forever before I graduate from high school. I mean, it seemed like it would never come. And then it seemed like, man, college, I'll never get through. Now I'm 52 years old. It seems like today that the moment July 4th is over, Christmas arrives. Am I right, older people? Am I right about that? I mean, it's just like when they say you're like on the downhill slide. Dude, downhill is a lot faster than uphill. And I'm just telling you, buddy, the slide, it just seems like, you know, somebody is, you know, like right ahead of me as I'm going down the slide of life and they're throwing butter on it all the way. I mean, it just gets quicker and quicker and quicker. My kids are growing up. They're getting older. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's like you want to stop. How short is life? How full of trouble? Because along with that very rapid pace that life has become, man, coming right alongside, passage was written thousands of years ago. Man, life is full of trouble. Life is, is difficult, man. And so we recognize, man, our suffering will never end. Why? The truth is this. Life is tough. That is not a newsflash. You will not see that like going across the bottom of CNN's website today. They, they, you know, life is tough. You already know that. Life is tough. And this is true because of this. And this is something you do need to know because of the presence can't remember how to spell presence here. Presence. You know what? Stop. I'm going to do that all over again. The presence. I don't want you guys to think I'm totally awful in my handwriting. The presence of sin. Look what it says in Romans chapter 5 verse 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. In other words, today our life stinks because of Adam. When we get to heaven, <laughs> right? Like, dude, what were you thinking? The Bible tells us because of one man, Adam, sin entered into the world. And because sin entered into the world, guess what? Death, problems, pain, sorrow, as we're talking about today, suffering. And so for our entire journey of life, guess what will always be there? Suffering. Guess how difficult it will be? It will be immense. Will it stop? No, not until the day that we die or that we're called home. Regardless, let me just tell you, our life is full of suffering. How short is life? How full of trouble? It's a clear statement, but get this. The response that we have is this, response that we focus on. Jesus gives the victory. No matter how tough it is, no matter how bad tomorrow might seem, no matter how difficult the journey Jesus gives us a victory. Look what the rest of that verse says in verse 17 of Romans chapter 5. But even greater, remember now through one man, sin entered into the world, Adam, and because of that sin, death, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. In other words, yep, Adam blew it, but because of Christ, guess what? We still win. That we still have the victory no matter how bad it is, no matter how difficult our suffering, because of what Christ has done, we have the victory. Hey, that's good news. And that's news that today you can walk out of here overjoyed because of what God has promised. So be encouraged. Be encouraged because in the middle of our suffering, God has a plan for us. And part of that plan is this. God calls us to encourage. 
you think, wait a minute now, we're going through difficult times, suffering never ends, and yet God calls us to encourage? You bet. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. The end of the world is coming soon. Again, this thing's lots of good news today, right? Like, life is short, it's full of trouble, and the end of the world is coming soon. God bless you. Have a great day. So the, it tells us here, 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, it says, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. So what does that tell us? We have a God-given responsibility to love one another. Wow. God tells us that we have a responsibility to love one another. And listen. That doesn't just mean that we're to love the people in this room. If that's all it was, man, it'd be easy, right? I mean, because we all pretty much like each other. We, we kind of come from the same place. We, you know, we, we like the same things. We're kind of the same journey that we've been on and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it would be easy if God just said, listen, here's what I want you to do. You have to love everybody who goes to the same church as you do. I mean, that would be kind of easy, right? That's not what God says. We have a duty and a responsibility to love one another. We have a responsibility, Jesus said it himself, to love everyone, even our enemies, even those people who don't agree with us, whether politically or whatever it might be, that we have a duty and a responsibility to show love, but not only to show it, but to mean it from the heart that we have to love them. That's why it drives me crazy when I see people fighting over politics. When I see people from either side, like throwing arrows back and forth and yelling and screaming and fighting and, and, and calling them bad names and say, listen, let me say, that is wrong according to God's word. It's not just wrong according to like being a good person. It's wrong according to God's word. He tells us to love even our enemies. And so as people who claim the name of Christ, man, we've got to recognize and understand even in the midst of suffering that we're going through and the life that's tough, God calls us to love. And let me just tell you, if we would get that, if we would understand that, if we would grab a hold of that, if we would do that, let me just tell you, it's going to make your suffering a lot easier to go through. Because if all of us were showing love one to another, I promise you this, it's just going to make life a lot easier. It's going to make life that is full of suffering something that we can stomach a little bit better because we're showing love for one another as we suffer. We have to recognize that we are made stronger. So he's like, how can I love in the midst of all I'm going through? Why? Because through your suffering, God makes us stronger. If we're going through the suffering the right way, and that's God's way, like, like dealing with it exactly the way that God intends for us to go through it, then here's what happens, is God strengthens us through it, which makes it easier to love others, which then in turn makes our suffering not quite as bad. So you see the cycle that God has started here. So we recognize this. Be encouraged. Our suffering helps us to reach others. It helps us to actually fulfill what Christ told us to do in going into all the world and preaching the gospel, making disciples of all the nations, going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. It makes it clear that we recognize that even our suffering helps us to do that better helps us to accomplish what it is that he wants us to accomplish better. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 and following. Cheerfully, cheerfully, remember we're talking about suffering, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. 
God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You can underline that in your Bible. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything that you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So what does that mean? It means this, our suffering can result in changing the world. Our mission statement here is to change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and love people. Guess what? When we recognize, yep, life is short, yep, it's full of trouble, but when we recognize that God wants to grow us in our suffering and use us in our suffering and develop us and perfect us even in the midst of our suffering, what ends up happening is this, is that we will actually be able to fulfill our mission statement that was given to us by Jesus 2,000 years ago to go out and to change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We recognize all of it God puts together in this perfect little package. It's like a perfect line that that takes us exactly where he wants us to be. He will give you whatever you need to overcome. That right there is a great encouragement. God will give to you whatever is needed for you to overcome. So be encouraged. Why? Because what is the result of our suffering? Here it is. Joy is the result. Joy is the result of our suffering. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. Circle in your notes or in your Bible, be very glad, because that doesn't make sense. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through. Instead, man, be happy about it. Instead, rather than be surprised, man, be glad for what you're going through. Why? Well, here's why. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. So that you will have the wonderful, here it is, joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all of the world. Why can we be very glad in the midst of all our suffering? Here's why. Because God uses our suffering to bring us what? Joy. Doesn't make sense. Don't ask me to explain it to you. I, it, I can't figure it out. Humanly speaking, man, you cannot come up with a plan of like, like why this really works, but it does. Joy is the result. Why? Well, here's why. Because our suffering, we know this, is nothing new. Going back all the way through the scriptures, suffering is present in every follower of Christ. From Paul... Peter, you name it, all the way through, suffering, suffering, suffering. And our suffering, here's the good news, it makes us more like him. Our suffering makes us more like Christ. Christ, when he was here, man, he suffered, no question about that, more than you do, by the way. And our suffering helps us to become more like him, which is the ultimate goal anyway for all of our journeys and all of our life. So our suffering here then reveals his glory. And I don't know about you, but man, I'm telling you this. And don't miss this. Don't miss what I'm about to say. When you recognize, believe, and have that constant and and complete faith 
that the suffering that you go through will bring you to a point where it will reveal the very glory of God in your everyday journey. Let me just tell you something. That will give you joy that you can't possibly understand. I don't know about you, but man, I want to live my life seeking the glory of God. Like, I want to spend my life finding the glory of God in everything that I do, which will then reveal His glory. Because I'm going to tell you something. His glory is so much better than anything that the world has to offer. It's so much better than anything that you think is a big deal today. Let's be honest. In life, there are lots of things that we think are a big deal, right? I mean, lots of things that we think are a really big deal. And we worry about them. And it keeps us awake at night. And then we, we stress out over it. And like, what are we going to do? And how are we going to make it? And how are we going to pay that bill? And how are we going to pay that bill? And how are we going to do this job? And all this stuff. And the stress gets overwhelming. And so all this stuff that we think are really, really big deal. It's a really, really big deal here. Let me just tell you something. All of it, it pales in comparison to the really big deal of seeing the glory of God. Because when the glory of God is revealed to you, when you begin to see with just our human eyes, which means this, we'll only be able to get a glimpse. We'll only be able to see like a, a small part, a small portion of the glory of God. But when you get to that place, when you begin in your life and your journey and your study and your, and your connection to and your embracing of the word of God and the truth of God, let me just tell you what's going to happen. You're going to begin to see things in the promises of God that you've never seen before and it'll change your life. It'll change your life. It'll make you feel as if, man, you know what, this problem that I was so worried about, that's not a big deal at all. You know why? Because I believe in the power and the glory of God. Because it's going to bring me through. You see, we recognize our suffering reveals His glory. And when you get to that place, when you begin to understand that concept, here's what then happens. What then happens is this, is that you then become encouraged because you recognize that God will never leave you. God will never leave you. Look what it says in verse 14 and following. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you'll be blessed. For the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. What that tells you, just a quick aside, that means this. Don't equate the suffering that you're going through if you're going through it because of your own actions, because of sin. Don't equate that as being like, it's okay that I'm going through this because, you know, God tells us we're going to go through suffering. There are suffering moments in our lives that we cause that have nothing to do with the glory of God that have nothing to do with the perfection that God wants to bring through. When you make bad choices and when you bring sin into the journey and sin into the equation and you make those wrong choices, let me just tell you, there will be suffering, but do not try to connect that suffering to the suffering of following God. Totally different thing, right? So you understand that. That suffering will not make you better. That suffering will not grow you. It will not complete you and it will not reveal to you the glory of God. All right? So there's two different types of suffering here that you've got to understand. One is self-inflicted, and one is inflicted by, remember, Adam, right? Because of sin that's in the world, and because of the pain and the suffering that we're going through, and we do it because we follow after God. But if you suffer, it says, however, it must not be for murder or stealing, making trouble or prying into other people's affairs. In fact, let's do this. I just think that's worthy of us to circle in our notes. 
prying into other people's affairs because we're, we're pretty good at that. Verse 16, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. It goes on to say, praise God for the privilege of being called by his name for the time has come for judgment and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news. The good news, of course, is the gospel. Verse 18, and also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, so this is not the suffering by our own actions, right? Keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. Our God is mighty to save. Our God will never leave you. Our God will never walk away from you. Our God will never forsake you. There is nothing too difficult for our God. With God, all things are possible. God will stick closer than a brother. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When we recognize who God is and what God wants to do in our lives, when we are going through even the suffering of life because of our following after God, don't worry about a thing because God is right by your side and he will never leave your side. Now listen. There are people in our lives that, that by our journey that we've been on, that, that will never leave our side. I, I believe with all my heart, like in my life, I, I know Sherry's never going to leave my side. And I've given her plenty of reasons. But she's not going to, I mean, she, we're, we're locked in. Like we're, we're partners. I'm not going to leave her side. We're like side by side, walking the journey, right? I mean, I'm never going to leave my kid's side. I'm just telling you, when I get older and they're older and they got families of their own, like kind of living their own lives, you know, kind of out of the nest completely, Listen, I'm going to be hanging on to their ankles. I mean, they're not going to be able to get rid of me. Why? Because I'm not going to leave their side whether they like it or not. In fact, when Jonathan and Paige got married, they were looking for a place to live. And they found a house that was just like right down the street, like a couple of neighborhoods over from where Sherry and I live. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Man, I'm so excited about it. And Paige said, no, we can't move there. It's like, well, why not? She said, because if we move there, when we have kids, I'm afraid in the middle of the night, your dad's telling Jonathan, your dad's going to come over and steal the kids, and we won't even know where they are. And I said, oh, honey, it doesn't matter where you live. That's going to happen. You can live wherever you want. Babe. I got a car. That's not a problem. That's, that's good. I'm not going to leave their side. But listen, no matter how that is true, I'm telling you, it doesn't mean anything compared to the fact that God is never going to walk away from you. And today you might be walking through a journey in your life where you feel all alone, where maybe like everybody like with flesh and blood has left you and has walked away from you and you feel as if you are all alone in this world. Let me just tell you, newsflash, don't miss this, you are not alone. You are not by yourself, all by yourself. God is with you and he will never leave you. And he's kind of that proverbial, holding on by the ankle, man. He is, he is following you no matter where you go. Here's the thing, that sometimes we feel we're by ourselves. We feel as if God is not present, not because God has gone anywhere, but because we are facing this way, walking away from God, even though that he is right here hanging on we're dear life. And so what does that require? Here's what it requires. It's really tough. Turning around. Just simply saying, God, I can't do it. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't have a plan. I, I don't know how to make it. I, I don't know how to make this. And just simply turn to him. Run to him. Read the Psalms. How many times did King David, like the awesome King David, 
like the man after God's own heart, David, the killing Goliath, David, the killing, you know, the lion, David, the, the, the David that is like just awesome, David, the David that we study in, you know, in, in Sunday school, that David, you know, the, the flannel graph, David, it was like just so cool. How many times did David run back to God and say, God, I'm so sorry. God, I have, I've not trusted you and I've run from you and I've gotten away from you. God, but I believe in you and I trust you. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. Let me just tell you, if David needs him, do you think you do? If David needs him, what about us? The cool thing is this, is God never walks away. We will never face suffering alone. And I don't know about you, but man, that's such an encouragement because suffering... It's such a difficult thing to go through. And have the idea, thinking that like I've got to do it all by myself, man, that, that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a difficult thing to think through, that man, I, I'm going to have to go through this and like nobody's going to be there, nobody's going to care. Now I've just got to figure this out on my own. No, 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 no. You'll never face suffering alone because God is always there. The power of God always delivers us. Always. What is going on here? always delivers us. And when you know that, when you know that no matter what today might bring, that you've already been guaranteed the victory, man, it changes your heart. It changes your outlook. Like, I I can deal with this. Yeah, it's not fun, but man, I I can make it through this because God has already promised victory. Just got to trust Him. Therefore, stay focused on doing right. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither uh, neither fail you nor abandon you. I love this right here that he will personally go ahead of you. You know what that tells me? Excuse me. It tells me this is that when I'm getting ready to walk into like just a difficult journey and usually you can kind of see it coming usually you kind of have a little bit of an inkling like like what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, that night before you're like stressed out and you're worried about it because tomorrow's not going to be a good day and you're going to face something you're not going to like very much. It's going to be tough. And so you sit back and you think, yeah, man, tomorrow's going to be difficult. And that verse said, our God goes before us. Now look at it this way. Think of it this way. So go back to like school, like when you were in like middle school. And let's say you were in a situation in middle school where there was a bully in middle school who was always picking on you. And so one day at the end of school, that bully said this, tomorrow, tomorrow after school, you're going to meet me right here at the flagpoles and I'm going to show you. I mean, I'm going to show you and you better be here because if you're not here, man, I'm, I'm going to, the next day is going to be worse. And so all that night, man, you're worried and you're scared to death because that bully is going to beat me up, all right? That bully's going to do something to me. Man, I'm scared about it. You're thinking about it, but you don't know what to do. And you're trying to figure out, like, how can I convince my mom I'm sick? So I'm going to go and I'm going to drink, like, a hot cup of water and then tell her to take my temperature, right? By the way, that actually does work. I'm just saying. Just for you parents, I'm sorry, but kids, yeah. So it, you got to do the timings right. You got to worry about the timing, though. It's very important, like how long. But anyway, and so you're sitting there trying to figure out, I don't want to do this. I can't get. But here's what this verse kind of tells you it says this it's like tomorrow you end up going to school. 
And all day long, you're dreading what is going to come up at 3 o'clock when the bell rings and you've got to walk out the front of the school and you know that bully's going to be waiting for you at the flagpole. And here's what's really cool. It's as if in the middle of all of that, like when the bell goes off at 3 o'clock and you grab your backpack and you're slowly walking out of the door of the school and you're hoping that maybe that bully forgot or maybe there's a police officer or a principal who may be just kind of hanging out at the flagpole today, which would be really cool or whatever it might be. And so you open the door of the school and you walk out and there in the middle of the schoolyard, Rocky happened to show up and said, you know, I, I got this. <laughs> like Sylvester Stallone's out there with his red, white, and blue shorts. And he's like, hey, I got this. He goes, That's kind of the idea here. God promises he will go before you. When life stinks, God will show up first. When life is difficult, God will always be there. Whenever you feel like, I cannot do this, God says, yes, you can, because I'm over here, and it's not so bad, because I can take care of it. Why? Because I can do all things. God promises no matter how bad it is, He will be there. He will never leave you and never abandon you. And if you walk out of this room today and you have forgotten everything that I've said, two things. He will never leave you. And Jesus died and rose again for you. The amazing truth that God will never abandon us. What an amazing promise. What an amazing truth. So we recognize this. Be encouraged. God uses our suffering for good. God uses our suffering for good. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. And now a word to you. It's kind of like, you know, like a commercial. Like, and now a word from our sponsors. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he's revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly and not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you are who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he'll lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Great promises there. Here's what it says. Paul, or Peter, writing this passage, listen, I'm going through tough stuff. Like, man, I'm facing the same kind of stuff you're going through. Man, I'm going through trials. We're going to see that in just a minute. Man, I'm going through difficult moments. Yeah, yes, life is tough. But man, stand strong, stand firm. Keep believing, keep moving, keep walking. And men, minister to others, encourage others, grow others, love one another. Why? Because at the right time, God's going to take all of this. And man, he is going to make you see the glory of God. And he is going to raise you up. And man, he is going to give you a place of honor. He is going to honor you because of your faithfulness. Man, what a great promise that is. But there's a caveat here. There's like a, a little aside in this passage, in this passage we just read, that we've got to make sure we understand. Because we've got to recognize this. Yes, God doesn't expect us to face life on our own. Because when we try to face life without him, here's what happens. Always, it results in pride. 
anytime you walk through life trying to figure out, man, I got this. I can handle this. I can do this. Man, I, I can make it. I don't need help. I'm okay. I, I, I'm going to make it on my own. It always will result in pride. And this passage we just read had some strong words about pride. Why? Because pride will always lead to opposition. And you say, wait a minute, what do you mean it'll lead to opposition? Well, there's an extra part of that. It leads to opposition from God. And I don't know about you, but man, I do not want to walk through life recognizing and believing that God is opposing me. Because no matter how big you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter how, you know, what powerful job that you have, let me just tell you something. I'm telling you something. I don't care who you are. When God is against you, you are in trouble. It says that God opposes the proud. Now, what does oppose mean? It means complete opposition against. Like, I am 100% against them. Now, what that means is this, is that you will not win. God opposes the proud. And so when we try to do life on our own, when we try to go through our suffering, trying to figure it out on our own journey here, like doing it all by ourselves, it always results in pride, and pride will always lead to opposition from God. But humility will always reveal God's power. Humility will always reveal God's power. Now, in verse 5, when it talks about the humble and the grace, it has the idea here that, that humble, those who acknowledge that only God is God. And here's basically what, what it recognizes. Is when you have a life of humility, you recognize that only God is God and you're not God. Because there are some people in our world today that think they are God. That think they are smarter than anyone else. That they can do whatever they want to do. That they don't live by the rules that everybody else lives by. That they can just do whatever it is that they want that they have complete and total power, and that they're always right. Anybody know somebody like that? Yeah, there's one lady. I know that person. I know him. Hey, listen, I know him too. It's amazing. We all know somebody like that, right? We, we know somebody like that. That is the opposite of humility. Humility is recognizing this, is that I don't know everything, and I don't know all that there is, and I can't do it on my own, and I know that only God is God. I'm not God, and boy, do I need God. And that's the picture of humility, of walking through life, recognizing, man, here, but for the grace of God, I don't know where I would be. Now, the opposite of that is pride. We've already talked about that. And so we've got to recognize, as T.R. Schreiner said, this believers should heed the injunction to be humble because God sets his face against the proud, but he lavishes his grace upon the humble. Those who submit to God's sovereignty and humility will find um, that he will lift them up and reward them. So let me just ask you, this is a little pop quiz, right? It's an easy pop quiz. It's not one that's going to be difficult at all. How many of you want to live your life where God is opposing you? Raise your hand. Okay, now, how many of you want to live your life where God lavishes His grace and His, pray, His grace on you? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's a pretty easy quiz, right? Yeah, it, it's not rocket science here, right? Yes, I want to live my life where God is lavishing His grace on me. Here's what it is. Live a life of humility. In the midst of all that you're going through, be humble. God tells us very clearly. So, be encouraged now. Because when we do that, when we're kind of like taking all of these prescriptions that we have here, what we get is this. We be encouraged because we stand together. We stand together as the body of Christ. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 
5, verses 8 and following. Now, I know it's not in your notes. Somehow I missed that when I put this together a couple of months ago, and I apologize for that, but it is going to be on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and following. Stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So, after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation, all power to him forever. So, here's the deal. After a little while, God is going to take you, and he's going to set you on solid ground, and he's going to complete you, and perfect you, and protect you, and lead you, and guide you, and strengthen you, and grow you, and all of that is a promise from from Almighty God, not for some preacher. And I don't know about like the journey that you're on, but when we're going through suffering, knowing that the end of the journey will always lead to God wrapping his arms around us and showing us, listen, I've been there every step of the way. Now come with me. Let me just tell you, I don't know about you, it makes the journey a lot easier. It makes the road a lot easier to travel. And it makes the suffering a whole lot easier to stomach because of God's promise. Now, we've got to recognize, yep, Satan's out to get you. Satan is out to get you. You can count on that. He's like that lion walking around. He wants to devour you. John 10.10 10 tells us that. But your faith in God is the source of your strength. The source of your strength. Trusting in God gives you the, the, the weapons that you need, the, the protection that you need, the guidance that you need to make it through. You are called to stand with Him. You are called to stand with God no matter what. And when we have that calling and we fulfill that calling, God will give us everything that we need to make it through. And now what will end up happening is that our suffering now will resor- result in glory later. It will result in glory later. So in other words, listen to me, your suffering is not the end of the road. Your pain is not the end of the road. The problems you're in right now, that's not all that there is. The difficulties you're facing, that is not all that you have to look forward to. Because the end of the road with walking with God is always joy and always glory. Always. Always. Now, I'm not going to jump into it, but in your notes, you can read that, that idea there, what practice, uh, that Peter was practicing what he preached, because he was going through the same thing. He even had to kind of hide, he kind of, you know, gave code words there of where he was and what he was doing. So we recognize, man, even Peter was going through it, and all of this letter that Peter wrote, all of it was written from a point of opposition. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12 says this, I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. Now, I want you to listen to this. My purpose in writing is to encourage you. Now again, that's something you ought to underline. Because listen, while Peter actually is writing those words on paper, know this, the Holy Spirit of God is the one that uttered those words. God himself breathed those words out. Now you know I'm a firm believer in the inerrancy of Scripture, the inspiration of Scripture. I believe it is 100% accurate, come directly from the heart of God. There's not a mistake in it. There's not any deviations in it. There's nothing wrong. I mean, it is right from the heart of God. And here's what God said. I am writing this letter to encourage you. 
The God of the universe wants to encourage you. Going through a difficult time, good news. The God of the universe wants to encourage you. So he wrote this letter. And he wrote this letter to let you know, hey, listen, I got you. And I'm by your side. And I'm walking with you. And no matter what you might go through, I am right there every step of the way. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and to assure you that what you're experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. Your sister church here in Babylon, which really wasn't Babylon at all, sends you greetings. And so does my son Mark. Greet each other with a kiss of love. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. I want to say that one more time. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. Now, was that a question? No. Was that like, hey, man, I hope you can find peace? No. You see, because we know Philippians 4 verse 7 tells us that our God will give to us the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that doesn't make sense. So in all of our suffering, here's what you need to know. We can find peace. The good news for hard times is that no matter how difficult today is, there's peace. No matter how troubling this journey has become, God has promised peace. No matter what the world is trying to do to you, peace is right there. And it's not a promise that comes from a counselor. It's not a promise that comes from a preacher. It's not a promise that comes from a a Sunday school teacher or life group leaders. It's not a letter. It's not a promise that comes from a friend. It's not a promise that comes from a mom or a dad or a dear friend. It's a promise that comes from the God who loves you. The God who gave his only son Jesus to die for you. And that promise is just simply this. Oh, there's peace. Yeah, you're going to suffer for a little while. Life's tough. It's short. It's full of trouble. But there's peace. And at the end of the road, oh, there's glory. Today, there is good news for hard times. Whatever that hard times, whatever that phrase means to you, there's good news. And the good news is this. God is with you. God is protecting you. God is guiding you. God will lead you. God promises to be with you every step of the way. He will never leave you no matter what. He will bring joy and he will bring peace and he will reveal and deliver glory. And that God tells us this, no matter what, count on it. So I don't know like what you're going through, but I can guarantee you this, whatever it is, God's grace is greater. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the grace that you promised to give, the joy that you promised to, to deliver, the peace that you promised to, to bring in the midst of life's greatest struggles. God, we are here today. We're overwhelmed. We live in this world. The Bible even tells us you know, life is short, full of troubles. But God, in the midst of all of that, God, we just thank you that no matter what we're going through, God, you are, you are right there every step and that you promised to give us everything that we need. We thank you, God, for that. We're humbled by that. God, we don't deserve it, but thank you. God, today we, we know that, no question, there, there may be some people here listening, watching, who, who don't know you. And so we, together as a body of believers, we just pray, God, Lord, let them today 
see that peace, that joy, that comfort that comes to the gospel of knowing that Jesus died for them, that he rose again for them, and all that they must do is believe, to call on his name, to call. And you promise, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, anybody who does that, they will be saved. God, I pray that today they will recognize that while we're all sinners, Christ paid for our sins. And all they need to do is come to you for forgiveness. God, we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you'll do something amazing in their lives right now. With their heads bowed and with their eyes closed, our team is gathering here at the front. Together, we're going to, in a moment, stand and sing. And when we do, the altar is going to be open. If you're here today and you want to come and kneel here and pray, certainly you could do that. If you have a prayer request you want to leave, I encourage you to do that. If you want to come today and talk with somebody about your relationship with Christ, man, we would love to talk with you about that. Man, we would love to be able to share with you who Jesus is and what he's done. I'm just telling you, not just because like, like it's what we do, it's because of the joy that it can bring, the joy that is promised if you'll just simply believe in Jesus. We'd love to talk with you about that. Maybe you want to come and join our church or come for baptism. Well, whatever God is speaking to you today, I encourage you as we stand right now and sing, I encourage you to step out, come down, and let us talk with you and pray with you right here today. Let's stand and sing together. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace to bring hope. And today, that's the message that we want to share with you. And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of, of connecting with him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's this, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, he gave his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth, to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves. What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you. Christ died for you. But three days later, he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's word, it's very clear. What we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the son of God. We must believe that he died and that he rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes through Jesus. And if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, do so today, believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope to let the world know God loves.